0: The text for the sermon this day is taken from the Gospel lesson, which you heard earlier. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, Mary is 13 to 15 years old, living in the little town of Nazareth. She is engaged, and she gets this visit from an angel. And she, like most people who are greeted by angels in the Bible, she is afraid. You know, a lot of times you see angels in movies or TV, and whenever somebody's greeted by them, they're like, oh, look at that, how sweet. You're so adorable and wonderful. The Bible is completely the op- is very much the opposite. They're usually met with terror. And the reason is, is because, generally speaking, The reason that an angel came to visit you was because you were about to die. In fact, if you are familiar, if you've as a pastor, I've had many times had the privilege to be at the bedside of someone when they're on the verge of death. And there's a part of the service that's called the commendation of the dying. And at the very end, there is an option to sing, pray, read, whatever. The third verse of particular hymn, which is, Lord, let at last thine angels come. To to Abram's bosom bear me home. Confessing what we read in the the parable of Lazarus and the rich man, that angels, when you die, will come to take you home. So Mary, 13 to 15 years old, is greeted by an angel, and the first thing he says is, Greetings, O favored one. Which, by the way, it is okay to talk about Mary as being a most blessed virgin, the most blessed virgin, the most blessed favored lady, like we read in the scriptures, in that hymn we just saying. The reason it's appropriate is because no one has ever been as close to God as she has. I mean, how many of you, when you ate a fish, a piece of fish, that piece of fish would literally feed God himself. Not me. So that's why she's considered most favored. But he says, greetings, O oh favored one. The Lord is with you. She was greatly troubled. Because if angels generally come to tell you you're going to die, this angel's a little weird. Because he just came in and said, like, hey, the Lord's with you. You're about to die. That's what she's thinking. So... Now, he seems like he's a bit of a jokester angel, but as the course of the conversation, she would learn that very literally, the Lord would be with her. For she would learn that she, of all the people, would be chosen to be vessel. That there's the hymn, "Savior, of the nations come." In one of the verses, it talks about her womb was the throne of God for nine months. Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who spoke everything into existence, would be in her womb. When the angel said, the Lord is with you, it was very literal. And these would be words that would be extremely comforting to her. And as well to Joseph. I mean, think about it. If for those, any of you girls who are 13 to 15 years old, imagine if you found out you were pregnant. How well would that go in this day? Mary found out she was pregnant. She became pregnant. It's not very easy to say, oh, I'm a virgin. She is. But how many people are going to believe that one? And she's going to have to travel from Nazareth all the way to Bethlehem. Which, to give you perspective, if you want to get an idea of what it would have been like to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem, what you do is get in your car and drive to Council Bluffs. And when I say drive, use the Los Hills Scenic Byway. Drive that entire route, which, by the way, it is very beautiful. But go drive that, and while you're driving that, imagine that you didn't have the roads, you didn't have a car, there were no bridges to go over any of those rivers, and it's just as hilly as it is, it is, as hilly as it is and you are going by a donkey. How, how does that journey sound? That is the kind of trip that Mary went on. To get to Bethlehem, she would need those words: "The Lord is with her." But that phrase, "The Lord is with you," should actually be a very familiar phrase to you. In the old, in fact, there is a joke that if you're ever watching Star Wars and you hear them say, "May the Force be with you," and you say, "And also with you," you might be a Lutheran. And the reason is, is we've heard that phrase, the Lord be with you, so many times. In fact, in the old divine service, the old service from TLH, page 15, if any of you remember that, there was three times you would hear the exchange of the Lord be with you. And each time had a purpose. The first time you heard it, in fact, you just heard it a little bit ago, was right before the scripture readings. So just as you're about to hear the scriptures, you hear the Lord be with you. Now there's a temptation to say, May the Lord be with you. And the reason was, was because back in the 40s, when the hymnal was put together, the word may was a soft command. In other words, when you said, May the Lord be with you, the Lord was with you. But somewhere, because language is as goofy as it is, Meanings of words change. And the word may now means, well, I hope the Lord is with you, but some of you, he may not be so much. So that's why we don't say may, we just say, the Lord be with you. Because when you hear the word spoken to you, read to you, proclaimed to you, the Lord is with you. Because as you're going to hear in the scripture on... If you come to church on Friday, you'll hear from John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. Jesus himself is the Word, and when you hear the Word proclaimed, the Lord is with you. Again, in a little bit, you're going to hear the statement again, right before the Lord's Supper. You have the Lord be with you, and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord our God. Which, by the way, that little exchange is one exchange that is in pretty much every single church denomination in the world. And it's so ancient that even Jesus himself would have shared that exchange. But it began, it's right before the Lord's Supper. In the time of Jesus would have been during the Passover liturgy. But, We have it right before the Lord's Supper. Because in a little bit, you will receive the very body and blood of Jesus in with and under the bread and wine in a very mysterious fashion for the forgiveness of your sins. So as you eat that bread, you drink that wine, the Lord is with you. And again, you go a little bit farther. Now, if you go back to your confirmation days, some of you, that's far longer than others. But you may remember there were three means of grace. One of them is the Word. Another one is the Lord's Supper. And so we've already covered those two. There's one remaining, that's baptism. And so the third time you would say that phrase, the Lord be with you, is right before the end of the service. And the reason is, is because when you get done with the service, you're going to go out the door. The door, the bells ring, and you're dismissed. And your job is to go out into the world and live out your vocation, to live out what it means to be a Christian in your daily lives. And you're going to have moments in your life that are going to be difficult. You're going to have many moments in your life that are going to be scary, that are going to be challenging. You're going to fail. You're going to sin. You're going to say things you shouldn't say. You're going to do things you shouldn't do. You're going to not do the things that you should do. You're going to have thoughts you shouldn't have. And the Lord be with you as a reminder. You are a baptized child of God. When you were baptized into Christ, you were clothed with Christ. So the Lord is with you every moment, of every hour, of every second, of every day. He is with you as you live out your vocation. You need not be afraid. Just as Mary need not be afraid. But there's an interesting thing that changed back in the late 60s. So the response to the Lord be with you in our most current services... Is and also with you. But in the late 60s, they changed that. That was what it became in the 60s. But prior to then, the the normal response was, do you know what it was? Not and also with you. What was the original response? And with thy spirit. And there's a reason why there's a difference between that. So and also with you is the response you would give to any and every Christian. You're acknowledging, yes, the Lord is with you as well as you hear the word. The Lord is with you as well as you, as you are a baptized child of God. But the original spa- response, specifically to a pastor, was in with thy spirit. And the reason is, is because it, was, it is a way, it's a little moment. We glaze through it so fast we don't pay attention to it a lot of times, but it's you as a congregation ministering to us pastors. Because going back to the first time you hear it, it's right before the sermon. Now, there's some days that we as pastors, we're confident, we're like, I know what I'm going to do, I got it going, and we're good to go. There are some days... Where we're going to be coming, I've had, Sunday, I've had Sundays where I worked all week trying to find something halfway decent for a sermon, and I get to the day, right before, get within an hour of the service, I still don't know what I'm going to preach, and I stand there and I just pray up to God, I'm like, God, if you'd have something to say, you better say it, because I have no clue what I'm saying today, and those are what we call Holy Spirit sermons. And it comes out and the sermon happens. Or then there's those other moments where we preach a sermon and we preach and we're like, boy, that was a clunker. I can't believe I preached that one. And somebody comes up and says, that was really powerful. And I'm like, wow, God. We hear and with the Spirit, it is telling us, it's not about you, Pastor. It's not you. The Holy Spirit works in you. We hear it before the Lord's Supper. Because again, as pastors, sometimes we don't, a lot of times we don't really think about it. We kind, of, we kind of have this, sometimes we just kind of go through the motions. See, pastors, we are sinners. We fail, we have, we have failings just as anyone else. And sometimes you go through service after service. I've been a pastor for seven years. I don't know how many services I've done at this point. In case you don't know, he'll be at 30 years this summer. Just a little heads up. I don't know if he knows that even. But, but anyways, who knows how many, services he, how many services he's gone through. But sometimes you go through so many, you find yourself just kind of going through the motions. And you don't even think about when you come, get to the Lord's Supper, Is who am I to be doing this? I am, I am bring, bringing the very... Body, blood of Jesus in, with, and under the wine for the forgiveness of sins. Who am I to do this? And your words and with thy spirit is telling us it's not about you. It's about Christ, his word, and his promise. We already know from the scripture he can use a donkey to deliver it. He doesn't need you. Trust in him. And again, you hear it at the end of the service. We hear it at the end of the service. Because who knows what the week may bring. We might be at the bedside of somebody in their final hours. We may be there when somebody is, we find out that they have a, have cancer or whatever. And we're struggling with What do we say? You want to say the absolute best and wisest words you could ever come up with. And a lot of times those come up about 20 10 hours later when you're in, in bed. When you're there with them, and or sometimes you'll have your blunder moments, like saying the wrong name at a wedding reception last night. I did not do that. Just kidding. And by the way, I went online. I found out a whole slew of other pastors had good stories about their own moments. But you, ha- we'll have those moments, and so in with Thy Spirit is a reminder. That he walks with us throughout our weeks. That little phrase, the Lord be with you, but with thy spirit, is a ministry to you and ministry to us as pastors. The Lord is with us in our journeys. Do not be afraid. He was with Mary. He was with Joseph. He carried them all the way through. He was with them. So that he would be with you. He was with them so that he may go across, shed his blood and die for you. He was with them so that he may bring forgiveness to you. And so that he would be with you through every moment, of every hour of every day. Even in the most challenging of moments. Even when you're afraid, when you're sick, when you're weak, when you're falling apart. He is with you. He is keeping you strong. He is with you through all eternity. To him who is with you be all glory. Amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ keep you in the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen.